0: Build bridges, not walls. Find out more about shared production and the NAFTA negotiations as we talk to Augie, the president of UPS Mexico, on the heels of his TED Talk. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts. Sarah and Nick. Welcome back to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Nick and I want to quickly thank all of our listeners for tuning into our shows and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Without you and our sponsors, we would not be able to do what we love. Today is another exciting day in the studio as we're talking all about WMS implementation with Mark Van Leeuwen from PathGuide. Mark Van Leeuwen is a regional sales manager for PathGuide Technologies in Bothell, Washington. Based in Newhall, California, Mark is committed to connecting PathGuide's Latitude WMS with electrical, wholesale, and retail distributors. His strong business acumen analytical skills and interpersonal skills make him the ideal individual to create product awareness to prospective clients as well as provide input for product enhancements and opportunities outside of path guide craft beer fine wine inventive food good music and fast motorcycles are what really tie marks brain together he obtained a bs in marketing and finance from california state university Northridge in 1982. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome. Well, we are excited to have you here and for you to give our listeners the key ingredients of a successful WMS implementation. So why don't you tell us a little bit about PathGuide?
1: Fantastic. Be be happy to. Uh, PathGuide is what's unusual at PathGuide, or I think what sets us apart from a lot of other WMS vendors is starting with our founder, gentleman by David L.A., uh, to make a long story short, he came from an IBM think tank that, that was tasked with uh, developing some way for the de- Department of Defense to, uh, you know, to track material through their supply chains, and they were able to uh, sell them on this, this, this brand-new concept of using, you know, barcodes to mark items with, and the de- Department of Defense bought off on it, and David quickly realized that he had no way to print a barcode nor nothing to read it with. So he and a couple of buddies left the uh, the, the comfort confines of IBM, uh, started working feverishly to, to develop something that would print a barcode and something that could read a barcode, and that was the genesis of a hardware company called Intermic. And David Lay went on to run Intermec for about 20 years. And when, when they went public, he got bored and left and started a path guide and started uh, developing software primarily for um, users of a, of a one specific ERP system. Uh, it's today called P21. Back then, it was called something else. But uh, to you know to handle all the transactions that were warehouse specific that that, uh, that needed barcodes, and you know the rest is history. And that was I don't know roughly 25, 26 years ago.
2: Awesome! Wow! Yeah
1: and uh, and so his, his son runs the company today uh, we're we're very technology centric and, and very r and d centric and uh they kind of they, they brought me on because they're humble washingtonians they don't like to brag and they need someone to tell their story to help mm-hmm. them bring on new business at a faster pace so, that's awesome
2: so mark i i actually got two questions here could you just explain to our audience what wms is
1: absolutely uh, WMS means either warehouse management software or a warehouse management system. The two terms are kind of interchangeable, but uh, that just basically is a term that, that stands for the uh, bundle of applications and software that uh, a company would attach to their ERP or their accounting system that would handle all things related to the material uh, transactions of getting goods into a warehouse, put away, and then getting picked packed, and Shipped out to a customer.
2: Excellent, excellent, well described. Uh, what are the key benefits of a WMS to every enterprise?
1: I'm glad you asked. the The, the main, the o- overarching uh, benefit, the, the biggest benefit to a to a uh, an enterprise would be the increase in customer service and support, and that's both you know internal and external customers. And what do you mean by an increase in customer support? Well. If I'm uh, placing an order with you know with, with your company Nick and you promised me that you've got a, you know a, a, you know a certain selection of goods in stock that I need and I go ahead and order them uh, you know if I get them on time for the uh, in, in the exact uh, manner you say I'm going to get them in in the exact time frames that were promised I'm obviously very happy if that doesn't happen I'm obviously not very happy and Going to be looking for a different supplier, and the internal customers would be the, you know, the, the sales team and the customer service team and whatnot, that are kind of the front line of, of you know, take take the brunt of that when you know if and when something does not go as it's supposed to. And so you know, everyone wants to be good at their job, and the WMS just gives them a a much deeper look into what's happening in terms of warehousing activities so they can be much more confident that the promises they make to their customers are going to come true. Uh, additional benefits, obviously, would be, um, you know, highly increased uh, visibility and accuracy into the, uh, you know, a given company's inventory. And, you know, that, that's important, obviously, to, for a number of reasons, the, you know, the internal customers, specifically the accounting staff, they love to know, They've got they can count on uh, you know what the WMS says in terms of the value of what's in stock. The customer service and sales team can sell with much more confidence when they know that what the system says is in stock actually is in stock. And then obviously the external customers, um, you know, they they start judging you for uh, for performance factors other than price. It's like you know, I can order from vendor X, vendor Y, or vendor Z, but uh, Nick's company has a WMS in place. Uh, they're spot on with everything they do. I know I'm going to get it on time, so I'm just going to go ahead and order from Nick and not worry about how much uh, you know, not worry about so much how much Nick's price is. And then uh, other key benefits obviously are everyone's looking to decrease the cost per transaction, right? So uh, there's a you know, a cost associated with pick, picking and packing and shipping an order. There's obviously labor involved and there's you know, there's you know, the how long that takes to get the material, uh, you know, picked, packed, and shipped, and if I can monitor that that more accurately, and I can, uh, you know, take steps such as uh, optimize pick paths and velocity slotting of my items, so as to reduce the labor impact on my warehousing activities. That obviously is gross margin that goes directly to my company's bottom line. So that's a another huge benefit that we see. Uh, having labor metrics so you can measure um, more objectively, you know, who your, uh, your best contributors are back in the warehouse and reward them accordingly and then who your best, you know, uh, teams back there and reward them accordingly. You start attracting the, the right type of employee who, you know, who wants to do a good job and who wants to have, uh, you know, who wants to be measured for what they actually do and not just, you know, subjectively. It's Like, you know, without a WMS, you just look in the back and you see your guys working and you kind of assume who your best contributors are but you don't really know. And another key thing that we see now that's becoming a much, much bigger and more important factor is can the WMS um, set me up for an automated future? And, you know, when we go to uh, supply chain trade shows now, the uh, the shift has been re- uh, remarkable the last five, six years of how just how much automation is coming out to, you know, help companies take, you know, more and more, uh, labor out of the supply chain and and become you know more and more dependent upon machines and and that means you have to have a WMS that can integrate and talk with those machines and make sure that you can fit them into your supply chain without you know in a in a fairly seamless and um, straightforward manner.
0: Awesome, awesome. That's a really good explanation. Actually, on our last episode, we were talking about. Um, how jobs are not being lost to overseas manufacturing, but they're being lost to automation. So that's an interesting point. But while you were talking there, Nick and I are both chomping at the bit to ask you a question. So Nick, you go ahead.
2: I just want all our listeners to know if I had a company, it would be selling drones. It would be like (laughs) drones are us or something. I don't know if I'd be able to take that name, but it'd definitely be drones.
0: So I have a question for you, though. Um, When you talk about WMS, what kind of companies would use a WMS? Because I'm thinking, you know, because you were talking about uh, Nick having a company. Like, what size... Because I know, you know, a lot of companies outsource their 3PL or their their warehousing to a 3PL. The 3PL would then then have a WMS system that they would have access to. So, um, but as a company on its own... What size would you necessarily need to be to benefit from your own WMS system, or is it, you know, from small to large? Really, anybody should.
1: Well, it, it, uh, it's it dependent upon a, a, a few factors. As a general rule of thumb, when, when we see warehouses with, you know, six or more employees in the warehouse, we can make a pretty strong argument that our WMS will save them uh, uh, way more than this is going to cost. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the things we look for. But it's also dependent upon, you know, how expensive is the inventory, uh, how um, likely is it that shrinkage of that inventory will be a problem. You know, in other words, if if you're selling, you know, wine and spirits, for example, you've got a lot higher chance of material, you know, walking out the door and accounted for than if you're selling, you know, fasteners. And and then if you're selling, uh, you know, electronics, uh, you know, we, we have companies that have, we have a customer that's got a 10,000 square foot warehouse with like 12 million dollars worth of inventory in that warehouse, mm. and they're really expensive uh, little microprocessors that are that are stored on 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 tape and in sheets that get fed into machines that you know stamp these things into you know into uh, into other other machines. But long story short, for those guys, they need to account for every single one of those little teeny parts uh, and make sure none of them get lost because if they do, it's it's a real expensive loss, right? So. Mm. Those are some of the factors. Um, you know, we, we do have... There are certain verticals where the material is just so inexpensive that if some of it's lost, the customer is not that concerned. I'll I give you an example. If you're you're selling, uh, you know, uh, janitorial supplies, for example, and, you know, the, the customer claims he only got, you know, 12 bundles of toilet paper instead of, um, you know, the 13 that he ordered, well, you just go ahead and put another on the next truck and you're not out that much money. And in and, and, and those companies... In those industries, for example, WMS has been a little slower to catch on. Okay. But um, uh, does that kind of help you give you a, a better idea? Yeah, most I just... Of our, yeah, most of our distribution centric we are selling more and more to manufacturers, believe it or not. And that's, okay. that's an interesting uh, um, group of companies to talk about as well, too, and, and, you know, why they would use a WMS and how it could be important to them.
0: Yeah, no, I was just for our listeners to get a sense of, you know, if you're a smaller business looking to, or an, and in sort of scalability mode... You know, at what point, because, you know, on the warehousing side, they have to take a look at at what point do they outsource or do they do it in-house? And then as they scale beyond that, you know, when do they look at getting their own WMS system versus maybe you know, working with a 3PL that has one or whatever. I, it's just it's just for them to get an idea, an overall sense of where they need to be to maybe take a look at a WMS. So that's perfect. You gave us some really good examples.
1: Okay, and, and can I address 3PL real quick? I sure. didn't mention that, but that, our experience with 3PLs is, is a lot of them uh, either don't have a WMS in place or the ones they have in place are very rudimentary, and the customers of the 3PL struggle to get the data they need. In terms of you know uh, you know where the orders are in in process and where the, the purchase orders are in process in terms of being received, and um, you know so that 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 sounds like a like a really nice way to just to like get rid of the problem if you're a distributor, but yeah. it, it really uh, in reality is a lot different than that. And there's you know and if you do find a 3PL that has all those systems in place, yeah. the the charges they're going to bring to the table to, for you to pay will, will usually make you think twice about. You know off you know uh, offloading the, the the supply chain and the warehousing activities to them you'll you'll want to probably take a look at doing it yourself because uh, you know you get, get more control you own the data and you know they're your customers that you're dealing with and and they, you know I mean I'm, I'm if it's me I'd, I'd want full control over that process to make sure the customers get you know the exact treatment that I want them to get Yeah, that's
0: a good point. I mean, I was also thinking from the standpoint that if you're, you know, looking to go into a new market, so say you're a U.S. company and then you come to Canada and you have to sort of outsource it potentially, um, then you have your own in-house WMS system that can potentially talk to the other one as well. So in that case, um, it's also a good... A good way to, or a good idea, you know, to make sure that you're talking to the right WMS partner. So, on that note, what should everyone know about finding the right partner and looking for the right WMS system?
1: That's uh, a very good question, and we get asked that a lot. Uh, you know, there there are some some you know some basic fundamentals that, that that all of us should follow when we're looking to to find a WMS partner, of course, and you know obviously the first and foremost is the WMS has to have the the features and functionality that can solve the problems that are most immediate in your mind. You know, in other words, you benefit my company, you know, today the minute I go live, I've got some some major solutions to some issues that have been holding holding my company back for a while. So that's that's first and foremost. And then part B of that answer is the software better have the top end for me to grow into because supply chain as we know is not static at all. I mean, it's changing at a rapid pace. And if the vendor I have selected only has a solution for today and has you know zero plans on the board for how to address all these challenges that are coming you know in the future, you know, example, that is you know, is automation. Um, then you know, I, I would I would not want to invest uh, money with that vendor. And and then the other the other uh, issues that come into play are, you know, does the vendor have a sound implementation methodology that's really critical? He could have the best software in the world or she could have the best software in the world, but, but if they don't have a, you know, a, a proven path to resolution, uh, you know, you're going to have a, a difficult project and you're not going to get the most out of that software investment. Um, and, you know, and, and then do they have a strong uh, strong track record? I mean, you could have a great, great methodology, but if you don't have the folks that can execute on that methodology, Consistently, you know that's to be a red flag for for you as well in terms of your selection process. Obviously, once you're live, you know that again these these are um, you know living breathing systems. The vendor has to have a strong customer support team that can you know when when you know in every business when orders all of a sudden can't be shipped out of the warehouse, the the blood pressure the collective blood pressure goes sky high, and There's you that. need to be able to get on the phone with somebody from that vendor immediately and Mm -hmm. fix whatever it is that's hanging things up so you can start shipping again. Uh, Another thing I look for that's kind of, that's that's highly underrated um, is when you talk to that vendor's customers, is there enthusiasm for that vendor? If the customers are like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, I know those guys. They did a a good job. Yeah. It's, it's good software. That's a lot different response. If you talk to them like, oh, those guys were awesome. Let me tell you a story about what, what happened with our inflation and what they did, you know, and, and uh, you know, Anyway, so that's that's another thing that's really important to look for, and then um, is the is the user interface of the software. This is getting back to functionality. I kind of jumping around here. Is the user interface easy enough for my for my customers? Or my, excuse me, my employees to to get it right? Can they pick up the software you know quickly enough to to uh, to make it worthwhile? Or are they or is the software really complex and it's going to be a challenge? And then um, another thing that that, that we um, pride ourselves in as company culture, and you know, does my company culture as a software vendor match your company culture as a distributor? And you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, some companies are built by you know, you know, for the long term, you know, the, they're multi generational, and they're planning on continuing, you know, uh, uh, for the you know, for many years going forward. And that's you know, that kind of company looks for a different type of vendor than a company that's perhaps put together by venture capital money. And they're trying to build it up as quickly as possible and then sell it. You know, those those companies tend to look for completely different kinds of vendors. Not not that one's bad or better or worse than the other. It's just that the the you know, you those are two different software purchases, right? You need to be aware of of you know what the growth pattern looks like from the software vendor and does it match up with my growth pattern and my business philosophy.
2: Tell us about the importance of proven ERP. Integration and also, could you ex- um, explain what ERP is?
1: <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, we we throw around a, a lot of acronyms in our business, uh, don't we? Uh, ERP is is uh, short for enterprise resource planning, and uh, that that was uh, a name that uh, I think ERP vendors kind of gave themselves when uh, the uh, the term uh, accounting and order entry systems became, you know. Kind of boring, so they they changed their names to ERP. To, to I think it was more of a marketing thing, but uh, anyway. So you know, your ERP system is obviously the the heart and soul of your company. It Controls your accounting, your your order entry, purchasing, vendor master, customer master, item master. All those many details are are con, are contained and managed within that system. So when you add a WMS to the mix, you need that WMS to work seamlessly with that ERP system in order for for the company to get the most out of that investment into the WMS and um, coincidentally out of that, out of that investment in, into the ERP. The ERP works great with numbers, but they're usually pretty terrible when it comes to physically managing inventory. And so that's where a WMS comes in. And, you know, we all talk, you know, in, you know sure, every vendor says, oh, yeah, I can integrate to that, you know, that system. Well, does that mean seamless integration? Is that real-time integration? Is that batch integration? Do I have to manage an integration interface to make sure the transactions are going back and forth like I want them to, or does the vendor, uh, you know, is there a level of integration not make require that to, for me to do that? Um, does the uh, um, integration use the latest and greatest uh, uh, tools that are available that, that my ERP system uh, can leverage as well, or is it g- going to use some antiquated, you know, batch FTP uploading of flat files to get the job done because those are, there's some there's some key technologies that need to be addressed to make sure that interface can evolve and grow with your business as you perhaps maybe change ERP systems or add on additional software that might affect that WMS and that integration. And then finally, I think this is the key point, does the WMS vendor who does the integration, are they going to own that integration going forward and manage it for me and, and not make any excuses, just fix it when it breaks? As you, the last situation you want to find yourself in is when something happens, something goes wrong with integration, and the one vendor points to the other vendor, and, and and they both say, it's not my fault, it's his fault. And then you're stuck, you know, trying to figure out how to make it work without any one person taking responsibility for it.
0: Yeah, and picking up the pieces. And you you really mentioned three key points there. I mean, you've, you've got to make sure that, um, and you broke it down really well, especially on the integration side. I mean, the different types of integration, you got to make sure that your vendor, how your vendor is going to integrate the two together is definitely key, right? And I don't think people realize that there's, you know, different phases of it or different options of it. And I, and I think that's really important to know. So just so our listeners know, um, PathGuide gave us a free resource, and we're going to have that on our website for you. So if you aren't able to take notes while you're listening to the episode, you can definitely go and check that out on our website, twobabestalksupplychain dot com. Now, on that resource, you talk about peace of mind, evidence of success, conferences. So, can you tell us more about that, and how do people know when they have found the right partner and system?
1: It's, it usually uh, becomes pretty. Uh, if your if your up upfront criteria for for analyzing a vendor is is you know. Follows what we've talked about earlier. It becomes pretty apparent uh, about through the sales cycle, who the the real players are, and who and who are the ones that that have a little ways to go before they're ready to earn your business. Uh, you know, and and what 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 I encourage folks to look for is, you know, is is doc- documented and demonstrable success. You know, with other customers that are of similar size and scope as my company, and then you know the same level of success with some companies that are larger than me. Because obviously, you know, all of us. We, we do a WMS, we're hoping to grow, right? And, and we're hoping to, to, to make more money and, and become a more, uh, you know, a bigger competitor in our particular vertical market. And then, you know, and that leads to another point is, you know, how is the ongoing customer engagement, you know, is, is the vendor heavily involved with, with my business? Are they, are they calling me up to try to, you know, come, you know, see me and, and force me into a, uh, you know, an audit of my system and show me ways how I can get better? Uh, is there um, a, a user group that, that, you know, of, you know, super users that communicates directly to, you know, the vendor's engineering team about, you know, in a coordinated, inclusive fashion, what they need to see in, in the software going forward to help their business out the most? Um, are, are the employees enthusiastic about, you know, the, the company and your project? and you know i think that's that's a big deal too you know the, the best vendors in software they they treat it as more than a job right it's it's something really important to them on a personal level that they get your software uh, that they sell you the software because they the, they think really strongly that their software is going to going to give your um, your business the best boost of anybody else out there that you're looking at and i think that's a really a, you know really huge deal that, you know path guy we you know we, we have a uh, an advisory board that's that is very active and then uh, we ha- we count heavily on a on a user conference and that user conference is a chance for for customers to communicate with each other on you know ideas that they're doing that that other customers might be able to use and so we involve our users heavily in, in making presentations to other customers and we tend to make that user conference uh, you know very pragmatic and I think that's a really good it's not a fluff it's not a marketing fluff piece where we go and, and Brag about how good we are. It's a it's a working conference to help our customers get better at WMS, and I think that's a real key distinction that you should look for. You're looking for a partner is find the company that does that kind of approach, you know, with their customers on an ongoing basis. It's it's not enough for them just to sell you the software, get it installed, and just walk away. And then you know, kind of leads to another point is 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 the you know a track record of integrity as well too. These projects are complicated projects. They don't always go as planned. When something does unexpectedly come up and this project plan needs to be adjusted, does the vendor, you know, just wash their hands of it and say, that's not my problem, that's your problem, or does the vendor just roll the sleeves up, dive into the problem with you, and adjust the project plan and, 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 and get over whatever hurdles in their way to get you to the finish line? And I think those are the really key. Uh, if, if, you can answer, if you can get good answers to those questions with whatever vendor you're talking about, pretty much with any kind of project, uh, you'll have a successful project, and you'll have a vendor you'll be happy with.
2: So, Mark, what is the importance of bulletproof support, and what does this exactly mean?
1: Bulletproof support in WMS is is, uh, is really important. The, you know, the, the warehouse for a dis- distributor, the the warehouse is kind of the lifeblood of the business, right? That's where all your investment that's where your money's invested, and you know, you're you, you live to you know bring in material that you can then immediately turn around and sell to your customers. And if your WMS is, is not functioning for whatever reason, you're, you need to be able to, to not just go online and, and uh, put in a support case and then, you know, wait nervously until they call you back. You need to be able to get the phone and call and get a human. And, and, and not just a human, a human who is qualified to dive into your issue and help you solve it. And I think that's a really key point to look for when it comes to bulletproof Support, and then, you know, parallel to that, you know, the, the support person is not, you know, not going to have all the answers, but they need to be able to have immediate access to their engineering team to get immediate answers. You know, and that obviously depends on the severity of the problem, but if it's a severe enough problem, you know, everyone at the in that um, on, on that vendor's team should be able to drop everything and dive into your problem, and fix it, so you guys can go back to to you know getting orders out the door like you know like you're supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. So that's to me. That's that's the definition of bulletproof support, and you know, stopping at nothing until they get the problem solved, and you know, whatever resource it takes, depending on the severity of the problem, they're there to give them to you.
0: I like that. I I, I like the bulletproof support. I think I might I think I might have to steal that from you. Um. So, sorry.
1: Yeah. F- feel free. We we <laughs> happy for you to use that.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, um, you mentioned warehouse automation, um a little while ago in our discussion. We're hearing more and more about it. I don't know if anybody out there has seen the Alibaba video of the warehouse of their warehouse and how like everything's all robotic. And it's 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 just amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's making its way. Is around. Is that on LinkedIn. YouTube,
2: LinkedIn? Where, well, I, or I saw it? it on
0: LinkedIn, but um, I'm sure it's all over the places. But uh, if you go to my LinkedIn profile, I actually have the video. I believe I shared that. But and I'm not sure if you've seen it, Mark, but um as far as warehouse automation is concerned, do you see this as an asset or an obstacle?,
1: what we see it as an asset. Uh, we We think that uh, you know they, there's from a surprisingly small distributor on up to very large ones, there's there's plenty of room to gain efficiency through their proper use of automation, even if it's as simple as a smart conveyor moving boxes from you know from zone to zone to get you know to to increase. You know picking efficiency, and you know we've we've got customers that that you know have fully automated carousels that, that bring the picks to the to the picker, and then you know and in terms of WMS, you mean you need to have a, a vendor whose system is able to easily accommodate um, you know automation into the into the workflow and help you as a customer figure out how to best optimize that gear to get you know make the most out of that investment as well too. And, you know, in the old days, a lot of folks had separate systems there, right? They had the WMS for the, for, for the guys who walk around with handhelds, and then the automated equipment was ran by, you know, a, a WCS, you know, a warehouse control system. And the, and the two didn't talk very well. And, you know, it, it, you know it, our approach is to integrate to the machine level of that automated gear. So, you know, it's all, you know, our code. And so if anything breaks, you know, you're not stuck, again, calling two vendors to try to figure out what went wrong. And then, you know, if, if you know, as your supply, your warehouse evolves with your you know supply chain, your customer supply chain, you can easily make adjustments uh, to that equipment and, and have you know um, overhead in your plan to bring additional equipment to handle those changes in that increased demand.
0: Awesome. Well, before we wind down with the last question, um, I just want to let our listeners know that there's a reminder. I just want to remind you guys that the free resource on our website from PathGuide and you also want to check out pathguide.com for more information on them as well as their WMS. So make sure you go and check them out and make sure to um, check out the free resource at twobabestalksupplychain.com. So finally, Mark, what's next for PathGuide?
1: we have uh, uh, just a, a lot of I mean, we've got a, a ton of plans so, you know the short-term plan is obviously is to continue to uh, keep abreast of what's happening in, in terms of the world of automation we see that that you know that our customers are are going to continue to head in that direction and so we're, we're keeping a really close eye on on you know what technologies are seem to be winning and seem to be gaining acceptance now and and what uh, automation coming coming up you know, five to ten years from now is, is going to be more commonplace and, and making sure that, that, you know, that, that we're uh, able to um, integrate that into our software and be able to accommodate that as our customers need it. And we can only do that by continuing to hire, the, you know, the best and, and the brightest people we can find. And so that's a, a real big challenge for us, too, is to, is to keep uh, enough um, talented people um, coming in to our organization <laughs> so we can continue to handle, you know, the increased demand that, that we're facing. I mean, uh, you know, we are, uh, I think, fortunate enough to have the right business philosophy for this current, you know, for our current business environment where, you know, we are um, uh, uh, signing up new accounts at a, at, a, at a pace that we haven't ever, ever experienced before. And I think that's a testament to, you know, some things we've talked about and some of the, you know, the, the things that we talk about, we don't just talk about, we, you know, we live them. And, um, and I think that's, you know, a testament to, to our founder and, you know, and to, you know, some of the, the engineers that have been there for, you know, 20 years that have been in, in the trenches side by side for a long period of time. And the fact that, you know, that, that you know if we do sign up a customer and if we have missed the scope for any reason, for example, we don't put that in the customer, we suck it up, um, we get the job done no matter what and we make sure come out the other end a that customer got what he, what he paid for b he's happy and c he's going to brag about us to all his friends and that's that's the, the you know very simple philosophy but we continue to do that and i think that's going to continue to drive a lot of growth for us
0: that's awesome well we're excited to see what happens with path guide and we thank you so much mark for joining us today on the show
1: thank you guys you guys are a pleasure And I wish you guys continued success as well, too. It's a a really uh, neat format and a really fun show to be on. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep your orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and drop ship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. Get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com. Check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. Where do you think warehouse automation is going? How are you being supported in your WMS journey? Lots to consider after speaking to Mark today. Next time on Two Babes, we are talking international trade with Adrian from Sennam S4. Stay tuned for that episode. We are your hosts, Nick and Sarah, and this episode was produced by Mike Mazurek. And remember, folks, ship happens.